Good evening, Somers. Thank you so much for tuning in here tonight with me for our first try uh, with the Somers Facebook Live experience. So I anticipate we'll be here maybe for 30, 45 minutes, doing our best to field some of the questions we've received already. And we'll start with those in just a moment and then see what questions may come as we continue on to the evening. Before we get started, I'd like to go ahead and uh, introduce Amanda Bergen here, our communications coordinator who's gonna help tonight. Thanks, Amanda. So Amanda's gonna go ahead and help me uh, field some of these questions and hand those over to me as we go through this evening. So what I'd like to do is go ahead and start out first with one of the questions that came in was thinking about the new security vestibules here at the district. So you may be aware that we have new security vestibules coming into Primrose and the middle school. And actually those projects did just start earlier this week and the construction teams are on site right now and actually i'm here this evening at the middle school and the construction is uh, still going on outside right now with some of the temporary structuring in the walls and things that are happening internally our best target and hope for the completion of that project is actually supposed to be end of february beginning of march we will hopefully have those two security vegetables wrapped up and again, this was uh, already in the works last uh, spring and actually before that, but was identified as one of the key important pieces out of the summer security task force that was identified that we should be moving forward with in the district. And hopefully you've also seen, if you've been around the school, some of the other quick changes as well. You will see uh, much more two-way communication with our, uh, our faculty outdoors during playground and recess time, as well as you'll see uh, each one of our outdoor um, people wearing vests uh, that will have identification on our summer school district. So again, that'll be much more highly visible to parents doffing off our students and uh, making sure our students have somebody to quickly identify if, if they have assist assistance needs on whatever it might be. Also, one of the key changes we were able to start already this fall is the after school support of watching um, to a single point of entry. So as you have hopefully come to our schools already this school year, you will see that we have some safety security guards there welcoming into the district and making sure that uh, who's on site should be for the reason the athletic event or a music event or perhaps just some after school activities so um, that was one of the questions that came in here for our work um, another one of the questions that came in here was uh, another suggestion out of the safety and security team this summer was the uh, clearer more targeted focus on the idea about safety and security and so with that, we had partnered with the Alter Safety Security Firm, and we are ready in the beginning, first new week, new week, uh, first week of November, to bring out a safety school coordinator. And that role for that person is honestly to help us make sure we're following on through on the best processes and the best trainings, and we're doing what we said we would do to make sure we are keeping our children and our faculty safe and secure. And so that person will be providing uh, ongoing drills as well as debriefing from drills that we would be having in our schools, be those uh, safety drills or perhaps lockdown drills or hold in place drills, as well as I was talking with our um, teachers the other day, our teachers union, and we were talking about the ability for us to look at the overall safety perspective from all different areas in the district, be it maybe a teacher has noticed that there's uh, you know, a door, it's locking, but it's not locking as firmly and tightly as we like to, now we'd be able to get that into our help desk system as we have, and then we'll have a new set of eyes looking at the information coming in from a safety and security perspective, making sure that everybody is safe in those areas. So again, another piece that came out of our safety task force this summer. Um, another piece that certainly is unfortunately on the, 
the minds of many people, I think, uh, myself as a, as a parent with one of uh, my last child at the higher high school, and then nationally and across the state, this whole idea, uh, an unfortunate situation about vaping. Uh, vaping is pervasive, unfortunately, across our society. It's by adults and by children and, and continues to be even getting with younger children. And so you may have seen this when you may be out uh, at a restaurant or perhaps walking down the street or even in the movie theater. And unfortunately, we see that in our schools as well. And so there's some things that we have changed just from last year in that accord, as well as some of the state regulations and laws have changed to help the school district. And so one of those changes is that we changed our code of conduct that previously, if a student was in possession of a vape, which again, could be nicotine, could be flavor uh, um, substance in there, and or could have been uh, altered to have uh, THC oil in there from marijuana. The fact is we're educators. We don't exactly know what's in that content. And so in the past before it may have um, had an in-school suspension for a child or um, something along those lines. And so we did make that determination walking into this year that if you have a, a, a vaping device with you or even a part of the vaping device, the part that goes inside of there, often referenced as the cartridge, and that will um, have, be an automatic suspension out of school. Um, you will work with the billing administration determining on the length of that time, but uh, no longer is it in-school suspension, it's an automatic suspension. And also actually inside of this, we uh, were fortunate enough to go ahead and receive a uh, grant uh, last year, a, a federal grant actually, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Drug-Free Communities Grant. What that uh, grant means for us is that as a school district, we receive approximately $125,000 a year for each year for the next five years. And so we are already actually able to um, just able to access uh, the initial amount of those funds and that one of the first smaller purchases, we are um, piloting uh, what are called vape detectors in our schools. And we are getting ready to install a few of these vape detectors at the high school. And these vape detectors actually will um, be connected to an, um, our voice, uh, not our voice, sorry, our uh, internet, our power over ethernet connections. And that allows those devices to detect if there's a change in the air quality that uh, is in those spaces. Once that's detected, then that message is sent to whomever we decide as a district. It uh, could be the building administration. It could be perhaps uh, one of our hall monitors and it could be perhaps our school resource officer. So there could be a whole list of folks who would get an automatic message that sent that this, this detector has gone off and they can go ahead and quickly uh, be on the scene so that is, and so that would happen. So we are piloting that project right now. Um, another thing with that uh, grant that we received is fortunately, um, we were also able to use those funds to increase our support of our student assistance counselor. Now that counselor we have had in the district for uh, last number of years for two days a week out of the general budget, we were able to go ahead and move that to four days a week for this year. And then with the grant, actually we were fortunate enough to add another full day a week. So we do have that student assistant counselor here every day of the week throughout the school year. So that um, her name is Ashley Bangs. She can help at the high school. She can also help at the middle school. And one of the things that we are seeing is that her ability to create more systematic and clear educational experiences for our children is happening already, and quite frankly, our staff too, so that they are certainly aware of what's going on and what our children are uh, possibly experimenting with or what are some of the things we can think about. 
Another thing we often think about too is the ability for us to get to our youngest children. And that's a piece where when Ashling is able to come over to the middle school and do that work, we're really fortunate to have her available to do that, to do that work and that partnership. So um, again, that's a part where we're really looking forward to. And then the last piece in there is just again, it's a partners in prevention with our with our partners in prevention of the town. So working with the town authorities and the town uh, police, and then working with all of our different um, members of the community who are making sure our children are healthy and safe. I'm kind of jumping here a little bit. Uh, another one of the questions that came in was just hearing a little bit about the possibility of starting world languages in our sixth grade. And so, yes, we, we have talked over the last year or so um, from the Board of Education table, as well as across the community, that as a school district, we certainly do believe that we should be starting uh, our world languages earlier for our children. And this uh, sixth grade piece is really critically important, actually, as we begin the work to become an international baccalaureate school here at the middle school with a middle years program. So we are desiring to implement that next year. And so right now we're in the initial uh, phases of identifying that. I uh, believe we will continue with the three uh, languages that we are offering currently starting in seventh grade with that being Italian and Spanish and French. And so we would see that continue uh, with our sixth grade kids. Ultimately, uh, we as a school district and have talked uh, numerous times at the board table that we would like to see if we could begin elementary. Uh, and again, hopefully we could not too far down the road start with world language in fifth grade. And so that's a key piece that we'd be looking at. Um, one of the key pieces that looks like another good question just came in, talking a little bit about the middle years program here at SMS. A few of the key changes, certainly that is a key change for us looking at sixth grade and the world introduction of world language. Um, another key area is you're going to see and, and our children will experience the, uh, some of the core requirements would be where our content is interdisciplinary so kids will be able to have an experience where um, perhaps the sense of going from a, a math class to their science class of social studies to English right now may seem fairly fragmented. And a clear piece inside of our work is that we have to, as a collective team, let's say seventh grade team, we would be developing together units, interdisciplinary units that students would be connecting between those different disciplines. So removing the isolation, creating the better connectivity between the disciplines. Another key part also is at eighth grade, our children have to create what would be identified as a culminating eighth grade experience on helping us as a community in whole understand how and what have the children received as far as their educational learning at the middle school. So they would complete a project-based learning experience based on their community. They could do that on their own or with another partner. And at the end, they would need to demonstrate their learning. So these learnings that they've captured through those three years would then be able to be demonstrated in eighth grade. So that community project, again, is another key change for us as well. So those are a couple of key changes here. Um, another piece came in. So the question is about, would Somers consider breathalyzers during sporting events? Um, so that first piece is actually that we have had for, uh, before I uh, even actually arrived here at school, most schools do have a breathalyzer, and that is often um, something that it is on a school site. And so if uh, an administration or a faculty member believes that uh, somebody is under the influence, then we would, yes, be asking um, for them to use that breathalyzer and things. And so we have uh, had to uh, use that device before. 
another question came up about drug dogs at school. So we actually have actually partnered a few times with uh, the Westchester team. They have a, a kind of a, a team of uh, dogs that have come in, in the past before. Uh, I anticipate, yes, we would be able to do that again. And quite frankly, uh, that will actually be a little bit easier for us now, as I hope the community recalls. And I greatly thank everybody and appreciate the passage of our budget last year because now we have four school resource officers, one for each one of our buildings with each one of those officers having a full squad car. And so when you bring the, your child to the school in the morning or the bus is bringing the child to school in the morning, each campus is greeted with a uh, police officer with a squad car. Now that we have even tighter tie with, with our Westchester County Police, we do so anticipate we'll be able to take advantage of resources like the dogs and things like that. Um, so with, with that piece, the um, other area we found advantage to with the Westchester Police, again, is on the training I mentioned before. So they will be supporting us in a number of training events coming forward as far as safety and security training and then uh, uh, threat assessment training and different elements like that. Um, another question that came in, looking at the idea of the status of our LIFE project. So you may or may not be familiar with that project, but LIFE stands for Learning Inclusively for Everyone. And the basic premise of that is the idea of if as individuals with all of our differences, we are looking at, hopefully we're uh, playing together, we're laughing together, and we're eating together, we're going out in our communities together, we believe wholeheartedly that we should do a better job having our children learning together. And so when we think about that, um, that runs really the whole spectrum of all the differences that our children bring to our schools and to our educational table. And so you may be a student who, or have a student who has some support needs maybe in their um, perhaps um, speech or language. And so in the past many times, uh, those students would leave their general education setting to go get services and then come back to the class. The disadvantage, no one likes leaving a setting and coming back. No matter what it is, there's certainly a, a, an awkwardness that can be presented there. And so what we've been diligently working on is those resources now come to where the child is. So speech isn't necessarily a place as much as it used to be. It's a program. It's a support that comes to them. Certainly at times, some children need to get an additional help in there, but we are looking at having more of that come to our children. That also falls in other areas, for example, at the high school this year. Um, we have a ninth grade team of um, unbelievable educators that are piloting what's identified as our embedded honors program. And what that entails is that uh, most often we would look at uh, an honors program. Let's say in this case, it's a humanities, social studies and English honors, social studies and English typical or regents course. Um, those ran separate and we really look at bringing those together. And so what that entails is that our students are provided opportunities throughout the year to demonstrate their learning at that level. So if I'm at this level, so Ray's doing just fine, I'm taking this course for traditional grade, that's great. But perhaps Amanda is going ahead and she's identified, really would like to take a little bit deeper. I'd like to go a little bit more into this conversation, a little bit more rigorous, a little bit more connections. She would have maybe 10 or 12 different assignments through the year to reach for an honors distinction. And so if she was able to make those targets and meet those distinctions, uh, assignments, she would get that honors distinction. If she didn't, that would be okay. She'd be able to come back down and get that traditional grade for that. Interestingly enough, I, I had a chance to drop into the classroom yesterday and talk to a young man who helped me understand 
it really helped bring his anxiety down. Very conscientious student, really wanted to do these honors classes, but Anne was really excited to see the opportunity for this embedded honors. Helped me understand that he was not anxious so more as he was thinking, oh, honors, honors, oh, oh this is okay, I can still do the honors and I can still find success in here. So he helped, really helped me understand that as well too. Another question that we just kind of had come in was the advanced learning program. And so you may hear the term ALP. So the advanced learning program is identified as to support some of our students who are perhaps on an advanced learning for their further age. And so interestingly enough, that does fit inside well inside a learning inclusively project. Where that works is we do have a half-time teacher dedicated to support the advanced learning program at Primrose. And that teacher works twofold, really. One, with a classroom teacher. So if I am a second grade teacher, and again, perhaps, you know, Amanda's in my class and she is just really, really doing a great job on uh, her mathematics studies. I, as a teacher, will get support from the advanced learning program teacher to help me make sure that I'm doing a good job to support Amanda in her learning. And I'm giving nice tiered assignments, higher level tiered assignments, so she can get after that higher uh, content and also be able to really stretch her thinking. And perhaps she may also have some time out of the classroom with maybe other students in second grade with her that are at, at that level as far as their advanced learning. So there's, there's a blend or a partnership with that. And SAS has the same experience there. Well, very similar, same structure. With that campus, there is a full-time FTE, and the middle school actually has a 0.5 FTE for the advanced learning program in those areas. So those are really, uh, this would be our kind of third year into that project. Um, as we're getting a few more of these coming, if you have, you know, just a moment, I know if we see a few folks online, if you type a question or two in there that you might have, um, we'd really, really love to hear from you. And I'm just going to go ahead and think about some of the other things that we have coming uh, to us not too far down the road. Pretty soon, actually, again, some wonderful work out of the summer uh, task force that we had on safety and security. One full day we spent on talking about our emotional wellness of our children. And out of that work, it was identified that we should be looking at um, opportunity for a wellness summit. So we have, will have our third annual wellness summit here coming up uh, in a week and a half. And hopefully you've received communication on that. That is looking at our student social emotional wellness. So we will have that evening a nice panel there of um, some mental health professionals that work and support the district. A little bit of outside mental health professional support there and really talking about how can we collectively as a school, as a family, and as a community, support the emotional wellness of our children. Hopefully you will learn about what we do for all of our children, what we would identify as that kind of, you know, first tier of experience as a guaranteed experience for all of our children. Uh, again, fortunately enough, a few years ago, we were able to um, put in each one of our elementary schools an elementary counselor. Uh, that was, we're on, I think, on our sixth year right now. And so that was a piece that you will hopefully see a little bit and all of our children get access to that program. A tier two, you learn a little bit more about in each school is most often delivered in small groups and a little bit smaller instructional pieces for perhaps some students who need a little bit more support. And then you will also hear a little bit about our tier three interventions, our most intensive. For example, we brought on board a few years ago here at the middle school, a program called True North. And what True North does, it supports children who may have kind of an episodic challenge in their lives. It could be from a whole myriad of different challenges. It may be from a death or a divorce in the family. It may be from a, a, a recent move into the schools, which is maybe traumatic for them. 
it could be we've had uh, significant concussions, concussions where children are not able to maintain the full academic day. So they'll spend part of the day within the true north and part of the day in their academic classrooms proper. And that allows for the academics to continue in a smaller setting with basically an advocate for that child whilst that he or she is in school. They're here at school, they're with us in school, and they're making the connections back and forth to the classrooms. And so what we see is that um, that's been very, very beneficial. Unfortunately, what we saw before was that transition back into school after you perhaps had one of those episodic uh, life moments. If you're gone for a week or two weeks, very, very difficult to transition back in. This is providing a nice bridge, a nice support uh, system for our children to find success coming back into schools. Another area with the success that uh, we are uh, also very proud of is our Team Tuskers program. So the team stands for Together, Energized and Motivated. And that program actually started about five years ago. And uh, Midge Miller is our coordinator of that program, has been since the beginning. Amazing job she has done. Uh, we started with approximately five to six children in that program. And that was here actually at the middle school only. And now this year, we're just breaking about 64, 65 children who are in that program. And basically what that does is that really helps us get after a part of our vision in the school district where we do believe that relationships matter. And this idea about you know strong relationships with our faculty, strong relationships with our community, strong relationships with our families. And so the relationships are built throughout the year. And these children will meet with their mentor. And it's it's really about having somebody care about what your life is like inside of school. So uh, a good portion of these mentors perhaps may be retired. Others are not. Um, but they come and they spend time with our children. And the time they spend is through conversation, perhaps eating lunch, playing games, uh, connect four, checkers, uh, a little ping pong table. Uh, that really creates an opportunity. I was speaking with a mentor not too long ago. Uh, I believe the mentor's year was her first year last year. It was difficult. Uh, the relationship uh, coming together was difficult, but by the end of the year, very, very strong to so much to the, to the point where the first meeting this year, the mentee said to the mentor, I couldn't wait to see you on the first day back. And if that's not a strong success uh, speaking to that, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's really a, a great piece. Uh, another note, just swinging back around, I, I apologize, I missed the date. Monday, October 29th is when we're doing that wellness summit. And actually, we're going to do that here at the middle school. So hopefully, we'll be able to come to that event and uh, doing a, um, a, a, just a full overall perspective piece on that. Uh, another question just came in about the idea about how, how are we keeping drugs out of our schools? And I, and I would say that it really is a partnership. Drugs out of our schools, drugs out of our homes, drugs out of our communities. So as a school district, we are not alone in this. And the reality is we have amazing partnerships with our families. We have great partnership with our town, our law enforcement, our businesses. And so this is exactly one of the things that that coalition grant that I had mentioned earlier before is intended to do. So I hope not too far down the road, you will see our children in partnership with our businesses and with our town and with our families producing um, information uh, videos and uh, public service announcements that we would run on Channel 18 and educating. We would bring educational speakers in for families and for community members, working with our businesses and those coming to town, advertising, why not to, what should you do, how can you reach out and help. 
So we know, and the research would tell us clearly, that education is critical, but not just from the schools. The education from the schools is reinforcing education from the town, education from the businesses, and education from the families. So we are excited to help lead this educational effort, and yet we know we can't do that alone. And, and nothing here is done alone in Somers. It is from our families and our community support that, frankly, I think we'd be able to to establish such a wonderful school district and great experience for our kids. But this is this is certainly a battle that I believe we are fighting uh, across not just our town, but overall, unfortunately, our country. Um, one of the things that also just came in is this, just the effect of bullying. So uh, is that going to be addressed at the summit? So yes, certainly some of that conversation about bullying will be addressed at the summit. And I would like to remind um, some folks too that if you have not um, or are not aware of, on our website, we are uh, trying to remind folks the idea about, uh, it's called anonymous alerts. And if you go on the website, you can go ahead and identify if there's some concern that you have. And then our children do that pretty, pretty regularly now. Um, they'll let us know if they're concerned about another student or if they saw something that they didn't think was appropriate or did not align with our values. So this idea about see something, say something, that's what that anonymous alerts is. But again, that bullying piece is certainly a, a critical component. And one of the things, again, the research would tell us is that most often that does happen or can happen because there's isolation in the child's life. So things like the mentoring program is intended to help reduce the isolation. This year, the high school started with uh, a teacher who was on a special assignment to develop and create uh, a stronger student life experience. We see approximately 70% or so of our children at the high school connected through, you know, athletics, band, drama, clubs, a whole myriad of different pieces. Yet roughly one in three children aren't. And we know that if they're not engaged, that can create a vacuum of connectivity and feeling about community. That's specifically what this role and what that person is, in, is working on is to create overall quality of student life. And that idea about bullying, I hope you have been a part of our anti-bias work. Uh, our, and when we look at the No Place for Hate, that is an initiative that we have going K through 12. And we have systematically from kindergarten through 12th grade activities that go throughout the year on talking about how to treat others with dignity and respect with all of their differences. Again, back to similar conversation with drugs in our, in our community, in our world. Um, we can't do it alone. We need the support of our families. We need the support of our community, which we have always gotten. And I have to tell you, one of the things I am so pleasantly uh, pleased with is that through the No Place for Hate, we are seeing our children, our youngest leaders, our littlest children, at Primos to our older children at the high school, stepping forward to really make it clear, this is not acceptable to treat others without the dignity they deserve. And so they're leading these initiatives on No Place for Hate. Another question came in on the high school, perhaps installing more cameras in the building. So cameras in the building, very, very good question. So we do have an assortment of cameras in our schools. Slowly but surely, we have uh, added some more of those over the last few years. We have a handful at the middle school. This is a, actually one of the items that our safety task force from the summer asked us to please look at more readily. And so when we came to the board in the fall, um, we had a list and a presentation actually from a, a few members from the task force share with the board. Here's the things that we suggest you look at. And this is one of those, certainly. Also on that list, you will see things like the security task force asked that we examine 
the ability for us to put on some of our exterior windows, the most visible windows, the lower windows, the security film. It's not a bulletproof film. It's identified as a security film. Very brake resistant, analogous to like a windshield on the front. If you see that windshield break, it'll crack, but will not puncture through and very difficult to break through. And the reality is, is that's what we would see. You would have to take a baseball bat at a window like that for a good few minutes to actually be able to penetrate that. So that is one more of those areas, as well as to enhance our overall connectivity within our schools. We are working right now, and the funds are already available, and our project is on its way to create a voice over IP, or every phone will have a classroom, or every classroom will have a classroom phone. That allows much quicker, much faster communications across the building as well as across schools. Some other recommendations that the team has asked for as well too would be look, to look at more swipe card access. So hopefully you're familiar with our external doors now have swipe card access where you can swipe those cards in. And is there a possibility to have some of that actually penetrate more deeply into the building? So the classroom doors automatically lock and can be released through swipe card access and things like that. So yes, there is a, there is a good long list of, of areas to look at to even increase our safety and security more moving forward. And that will be a part that we'll be have continued, we'll talk about at the board table. That may include the request for a safety and security bond um, because those are not small ticket items. Those are pieces that we would not be able to handle on a general budget. But if we were looking at a safety and security bond to support that work. And interestingly enough, another piece that may come up in that area is the idea of uh, especially with last year's winter, we all know we lost power for a long, long time. And so what in schools, but just in the homes. We would also be exploring the ability for us to put on uh, generators the other two schools. So you may be aware right now the high school and the middle school have generator power. And if we were putting forth a, a request for a safety and security bond from a safety perspective, we'd be looking at putting those other two schools on generator power. That would allow us to make sure that we're able to keep the um, uh, the restrooms flushing and our wells going and at least our lights going minimally and for whatever reason, if we had to stay here for a longer period of time, our kitchens, so we could help feed the children and things. So um, we would be doing that. Um, question came in about, is there somebody that's uh, paid a security checker at the Primrose uh, before the start of school? So the start of school, we do have our, uh, certainly obviously compensated uh, school resource officers at each one of our schools approximately half an hour before school starts. That does allow for, um, in this campus, for like the middle school children, so when they're coming into the school for their lessons, our SRO is there. After the day starts, then we do have uh, a staff member that's there to monitor the front door. A number of years ago, we did have some volunteers to, to do that, and we have changed off of that in the morning. And again, in the afternoon, yes, we do have a, a person there from the close of school uh, or for kids activities, let's say it's at three o'clock at the end of the day, till roughly nine or 9.30 at night, we do have a security monitor there through the evening over there at the end. Um, oh, great, another question came in. So our STEM, and that for folks, that's our Science, Technology, and Engineering and Mathematics Club at SIS, very popular. Um, unfortunately, right now it is limited to a certain number of kids. And a uh, good question, how can we make it available to more kids? And one of the things that we're seeing and uh, is this uptick of certainly the interest in the STEM area. And so actually um, one of the things that we did do last year is we, or a couple of years ago, we shifted that to a couple of more sessions. And so 
I know Kevin Guadati, who oversees some of our technology as well as our science areas, has been meeting with those two instructors and they're brainstorming on some ways to go ahead and provide some different uh, more opportunities. And actually he mentioned me one of these just the other day, he's looking at like a STEM camp, um, be that over uh, one of the breaks in the winter or STEM camp in the summer. So we absolutely want to go ahead and provide more opportunities for us to look at that, those STEM opportunities. And uh, in particular at SIS, we are starting to look at the ability for us to have our children perhaps looking at coding. As we all know, computer coding is becoming more and more important, almost another world language. And so he will be guiding us on that work in the coming years, how we introduce coding to our children earlier. Um, but I hope we'll have good news about perhaps some camps um, that can get access to some more STEM experiences in that area. Um, so as we think about uh, wrapping up here, I think we're roughly about a half an hour into our work. Um, hopefully, if you let us know if this has been helpful to you, uh, please just send us a message and let us know. If for whatever reason I was not able to address or answer any, any questions that came in this evening, I hope I got them all. Um, please send me a message and or please contact your billing administration. And also, let, please let your friends know a recording of this message will go ahead and be up the, on our website, uh, the Facebook page for underneath the video tab. Also, another communication piece that uh, Amanda's asked us to do and doing hopefully an amazing job. I hope you're seeing the difference that, you know, she's making, we're making to make sure we can communicate schools between our newsletters, um, our Channel 18 broadcast, this Facebook Live, and then coming around the corner pretty soon, you will be seeing a podcast coming from the schools. And that will be Tusker Talk. And the podcast will host a whole myriad of different information, be that from our faculty or hopefully from our children, and really looking at a whole uh, different piece from our youngest to our oldest to anybody else. And so, um, what's that one? I'm sorry. First episode. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't see it. So our first episode is in November. So again, I greatly appreciate everybody spending a little bit of time with us tonight and the questions that came in. And again, I, I greatly want to say thank you so much. Uh, this is my ninth year in the school district, and it really is an honor all these nine years and every day to come in to work with our children to schools. I have one more at the high school, so I think I can call them our children. And really, it is a pleasure. I think uh, Somers has done an amazing job with the kids here. So thank you and have a good night.